Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Palladium Hotel Group. Grand Palladia Jamaica Resort and Spa stands as a luxurious haven nestled on the captivating northern coast of Jamaica. The recent refurbishment includes the 537 recently renovated suites, 48 of which include a private pool and terrace, an ideal ambiance for relaxation. The Infinity Saloon Bar, the focal point of Grand Palladium Jamaica Resort and Spa, was also redesigned. This bar offers breathtaking 180-degree views of the Caribbean Sea and hosts live music and entertaining shows. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, October 10th. Happy Travel Tuesday. I hope you have some trips coming up. I just returned from an extended weekend getaway to see some family in Michigan. It was our first flight as a family of four. It was the first flight for my son. He is 10 months old, and it was a a great time. Um, We flew to Michigan to see family, so my cousins are all within the same range as my kids, so it was a great family trip. Uh, It's funny, though, because my first ever flight was to Michigan, and now my son's first ever flight was to Michigan. However, I was 15 at the time, and he's not even one yet, so love that, and Love to get the kids out traveling. I hope you are doing the same if you're a parent out there or if you, you know, have kids in your life in some capacity, then, you know, get them traveling, broaden their their views on the world. Uh, Just some quick air travel observations, though, from this getaway. I got to say, you know, there are good, kind people in this world willing to lend a helping hand, and it's always comforting to be reassured of that, especially when you're traveling. Um, I got to say, too, fully able individuals who use family restrooms by themselves are a special kind of awful Karma's going to get you. That's all I got to say, especially if you're using that space to vape or smoke. Like, oh, man, we went into two different family uh, restrooms at the Detroit airport, and both of them smelled like cigarette smoke, and I was angry. Anyway, I digress. I'm also a little bit angry that the car seat cover bag got ripped, so odds are high that's going to happen anytime. Uh, Families out there, you know that. it's happened. This is not the first time it's happened to me, um, unfortunately. So whether that's bag and handlers or just general wear and tear during the flight, it's a high probability that thing's going to take some hits. So make sure you always have a cover for your car seat parents out there. And also, I think kids' play areas should just be more prominent, more prevalent, much more upfront after going through security. Redesign your airports that way. Put some signs out. I don't know. Just make it a little more. And also, crowds are high. I mean, just plan accordingly. There's no slowdown right now. Travel is booming. So it was a wonderful getaway. I hope you have some trips coming up. Let me know if you do. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the email you can reach out. We also have a hotline for the show. 201-381-3017 is the Travel Pulse podcast number. Joining me on the show later is Ilihia Johnson, Hawaii Tourism Authority's Public Affairs Officer. We're going to discuss West Maui's reopening and where tourism stands in Hawaii and more so. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening to the podcast, we're going to dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with tragedy once again impacting travel. The deadly attacks on Israel by Hamas and the subsequent retaliation have forced airlines, cruise lines, and other travel-related companies serving the region to begin waiving change fees and altering and canceling itineraries. The U.S. Department of State issued a travel advisory telling Americans to exercise increased caution when visiting Israel due to terrorism and civil unrest. As for Gaza, the government issued a do-not-travel advisory. Intrepid Travel was one of the tour companies that um, they extended cancellations on departures in Israel and the Palestinian territories throughout October 31st, and effective customers have already been notified. Tours in Israel and Palestine territories are paused. Intrepid departures in neighboring Egypt and Jordan continue as scheduled. Government travel advisories for Egypt and Jordan remain unchanged, and both countries remain open for tourism. But travel officials are no doubt on high alert everywhere, though, when any terrorist attacks occur. So it's just sad news all around. 
Violence is never the answer. You hate to see it. So I'm praying for peace. In air travel news, as we segue to what else has been trending in the world of travel, major U.S. airlines removing engine parts with forged safety certificates is a wild one here. You've got American Airlines, Delta Airlines, Southwest Airlines, and United Airlines all finding parts in their engines that were fake. They came from AOG Technics and only a small number of issues detected, but specifically on planes with the CFM56 turbines. The major American airlines are involved in a lawsuit now against this company, accusing it of engaging in suspicious business practices to rake in profits of $3 million. Unimproved parts have been found on 126 engines so far. Absolutely mind-boggling here of how this happened and how they, you know, they, they got duped in all this. But thankfully, the parts were found. Nothing bad happened. No tragedies in that regard. But still, just pretty wild. In other safety news, we jump over to destination news, and we ran a piece around the safest places to travel this fall, taking into account the 2023 Global Peace Index, the latest State Department travel advisories, and Berkshire Hathaway's travel protections rankings of the safest places to travel. We put together a list of our top ten. Safest places to travel this fall that includes Iceland, Australia, Japan, Ireland, Netherlands, New Zealand, Canada, Switzerland, Denmark, and for those seeking a tropical getaway, the ABC islands of Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao rank for the safest in the Caribbean. Safety and travel, it's still a trending topic. It gets a lot of search volume on that. People want to know where is safe. They pick out a destination and then they say, how safe is it? And then they Google it and it comes up a lot. And these are some of the top ones. I've been to a few of these, and I can absolutely say Netherlands, very safe. Loved it. I hear so many great things about Iceland and great for solo travel there as well. And then obviously everyone wants to, you know, get over to the Caribbean at some point in their life. And if safety is a big concern, you know, the level of crime rates, you know, that's what stands out for ABC Islands of Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao, ranking among the safest in the Caribbean. Speaking of the Caribbean, we go to the Mexican Caribbean for other destination news in the last week. And last week's show, we discussed how the new Maya train would give travelers headed to the popular resort town of Cancun a chance to venture out to some new places in the Mexican Caribbean. Well, the Mexican president announced that the Maya train will debut its inaugural route from Chiapas to Cancun on December 15th. So I'm excited for this. We've got a date set. This feels like it's been going on forever. (laughs) Not forever, obviously, but it's been a while since it's been discussed and, you know, being built and getting going. And now we have a date set. So I hope it sticks to it and you know, they can launch it on this because I'm excited for this. I can't wait to experience it one day. So who's with me? Podcast at travelpulse.com. Let's let's do like a group trip. Train buddies. Let's 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 test it out. Let's see what this is all about and how great it uh, could potentially be. And especially for a lot of travel advisors out there who send a lot of clients to Cancun, Riviera Maya region. And now they got something new here, you know, hop on a train and go experience some other parts of Mexico that you may not have otherwise known about. In other destination news, Disney World has a new discount offer that's a big win for families. Starting on November 14th, Disney World will introduce a special spring vacation packages for kids aged 3 through 9, making uh, the prices of their theme parks, tickets, and dining plans at 50% off. The 50% off packages are applicable when families purchase a non-discounted four-night, four-day Walt Disney World travel package that includes a room at a select Disney Resort hotel, theme park tickets, and a dining plan. The deal is valid for most nights between March 3rd and June 30th, 2024. No doubt there will be several bookings for spring break getaways and early summer vacations in Disney World with this great offer. A lot of exciting things on the horizon for Disney. They're uh, finishing up Epcot's and the World's Showcase there, uh, celebration, World Celebration there. There should be a lot of fun coming up at the end of this year is when they're scheduled to announce. And, you know, they've got a lot of things in the works and they're always pretty busy over there. But, you know. 
Orlando stays busy with the theme park. So if you're going to go to Orlando and venture into Disney, I think you got to check out Universal as well. There's a lot of other things to do in Orlando too. It's a great destination. So again, that was like my summer childhood home, if you will. That's where I went every summer to Orlando. So much love for that city for sure. And anytime you can have discounts and save money, like, yes, yes, please, right? (laughs) Especially in these times with prices all over the place, which jumps us over to cruise news now. And we'll touch on cruise pricing in a minute because there's some news there too and discussions. Uh, But first, Royal Caribbean has revealed the name of its next Icon class ship. Royal Caribbean International announcing the name of the next Icon class ship will be dubbed Star of the Seas. Expected to debut the summer of 2025, the vessel is currently under construction in Finland and will feature a lineup of new experiences and Royal Caribbean favorites that will be announced in the coming weeks. Star of the Seas will become the cruise line's third ship powered by liquefied natural gas, a move in the cruise industry to make things more eco-friendly on that. So we'd love to see that. Royal Caribbean is also trying to do it bigger and better with new ships as they, as we know. So this should be pretty fascinating to see what they announce next. And the fact that you named this Star of the Seas, I don't know, it makes me think a little bit of like Hollywood-esque or, you know, something on that. You, you got to do it big and you got to do it great with the name of Star of the Seas because that, that packs a punch in my opinion. So let me know what you think there as well as what you think on this other news. Um, the big thing with cruising really right now is cruise pricing. You know, it continues to rise as the demand remains strong. Cruise Line CEOs continue to tout how bookings are going really well for 2023 and 2024 already. Even the early 2025 bookings are showing nicely. However, prices are rising and analysts and advisors don't see it slowing down anytime soon. John Maddox of Tropical Getaways Travel, former guest on the podcast here talking cruising before, told Travel Pulse, you know, that cruise pricing right now is a double-edged sword. While it shows that demand is exceptionally strong for the cruise sector, my fear is that it is beginning to price many people out of cruises that previously would have viewed the cruising as a great value for lower and moderate budget travelers. On the flip side, though, you know, more prices could be a, is a good thing for advisors, higher prices, you know, better commissions on that, as Jesse Morris of We Book Travel, also a former guest on the podcast, pointed out in our report, too, as we surveyed advisors to get their takes on the cruise pricing right now. And Jesse said, quote, prices have been steadily on the rise and since ships are full, nearly every sailing out, it is clear that the customers still have an appetite for cruising even at the increased prices. Even at these higher numbers, cruising is an exceptional value compared to other vacation types. As long as this continues and the ships keep filling to capacity, I see the price increases as a good thing for the travel advisor community. We went without income for some time and being able to make more now that than before is a welcome sight. If the ships do not fill, the cruise lines will do what they have always done and adjust prices accordingly, end quote. Let me know what you think, fellow cruise travel advisors out there, podcast at travelpulse.com. This is mostly on, you know, ocean cruises and their takeaways there. And yeah, pricing is high everywhere. I mean, we see this, but again, that demand is strong. People really want to cruise. People really want to travel. They're doing what they can to, you know, majority of Americans are actually still planning new trips coming up the rest of 2023. And a lot of people already jumping out in front, not waiting until the end of the year, January to map out their 2024 travels. They're already getting on that. So not surprised on all this and, you know, color me shocked when cruise prices drop, honestly, because I don't see it slowing down anytime soon on that. Love to get your take on that and any of the news that we discussed today or There's always news that we can't get to, travelpulse.com to stay up to date. Sign up for our newsletter too, so you can be in the know on all things travel news. That wraps up what has been trending in travel. Hit me up with any additional thoughts. Now we're going to jump over to our interview segment of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Palladium Hotel Group. 
Grand Palladium Cantonet Resort and Spa is an enchanting destination nestled along the shores of Mexico's Riviera Maya. Guests at the Grand Palladium Cantonet are treated to a wide array of amenities and activities. The resort's reopening is scheduled for December 2023 and will debut family selection in the Riviera Maya. These unique spaces were designed with traveling families in mind, where guests can enjoy special amenities and personalized attention, ideal for those seeking a premium experience with activities for adults and children. And now joining me on the podcast is Ilihia Gianson, Hawaii Tourism Authority's Public Affairs Officer. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for taking time to jump on. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure thing, Eric. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, my name is Ilihia. I was born and raised in the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, proud of it. I am a public servant. I've worked in the past a little bit in re- resort development some government background, all of that comes together in my work at the Hawaii Tourism Authority. Um, And what keeps me going to work every day is, Eric, like you, I'm a father. My five-year-old daughter, Kavai Pomaika'i, everything I do is to set her and her contemporaries up for a better future uh, in Hawaii. And that means balancing tourism's economic benefits with its impacts and working toward a regenerative tourism future. I love that. Yeah. So we're going to be talking uh, West Maui and the reopening here and also touching a little bit more on some of the other islands too later on. But we dive into the big news of this past week is uh, West Maui reopened for tourism on Sunday, October 8th. So can you just talk a little bit about the importance of tourism to Maui right now and how things have been since the fires? It's been two months now. Sure. So just to set the stage, the island of Maui is home to about 160,000 residents. On any given day in 2023, before the fires, there were about 65,000, 70,000 visitors on island. And so the presence of visitors is a significant part of life on Maui. And for those small family-owned, multi-generational businesses that count on visitor spending, the absence of those visitors forces them to make really difficult choices, whether or not to retain employees, whether or not to keep their doors open, Um, And for some of those employees, whether or not they're able to stay on the island of Maui. And so the stakes are high on that side. On the flip side, we have a community that experienced something very traumatic in the form of these fires. You know, nearly 100 family members, friends, neighbors lost. Thousands of homes, businesses, historic buildings destroyed. Uh, The town of Lahaina, which had a special place in so many people's hearts, mostly destroyed. Um, And so as we look for the balance between the two, the rest of the island of Maui is and has always been open. The rest of the island outside of West Maui, places like Wailea, Kihei, Paia, Hana, Kahului, Wailuku, Ma'alaya, our good friends at the Maui Ocean Center, all of that has remained open throughout this. Um, and so the governor announced on the one month anniversary of the fire that tourism would begin to reopen on the two month anniversary, which we're here talking on Monday, October 9th. The first day was yesterday. Um, the mayor of the county of Maui came in behind that announcement with a little more detail, and he and his team set up a phased approach to the reopening. So it wouldn't be everything at once. 
but starting at the north end, Kapalua, Kahana, starting there, farthest away from the fires. Um, the bulk of the rooms in West Maui are at Kaanapali, which is closest to the affected areas. Kaanapali still has many disaster survivors and recovery workers staying there. And so this reopening, the phased reopening, started at the north end with Kapalua and Kahana. So I was there yesterday. Um, I've been there a number of times for some extended period of time since the fire, uh, whether with my work at HTA or taking some time to support the county of Maui in their efforts. It was a very calm day. There was not a huge influx of visitors, as perhaps some residents were anxious uh, for. Uh, everything was mellow. You know, I flew into Kahului Airport in the morning. It was not significantly busier than the other times that I had come since the fire. You know, the roadways were calm, no big traffic jams, anything like that. Um, and, and it was, you know, one small step on the long road to recovery, on the long road to the restoration of the visitor economy, uh, one step on the long road to getting back to life for the people of Lahaina. A long road indeed. And, and what can travelers expect, I guess, when they arrive and, and their upcoming trips, you know, this fall and winter, how can they help if they want to? Besides just, no, you know, questions. getting there, just, you know, showing up is certainly help in and of itself and spending your tourism dollars. But beyond that, if they want to, you know, volunteerism stuff is, is definitely a trend among travelers right now, too. So anything you can uh, share on that is great. Yeah, absolutely. We've said for a long time now that respectful, compassionate, mindful travel is helpful to Maui. It's helpful to support the people who want to be working at this time so that they can get back to their jobs. We've also worked with mental health professionals, uh, in particular the Governor's Office on Wellness and Resilience, uh, developing some guidelines for folks, right? And basically, the ask is for visitors to support the healing of Maui's people through their words and actions, understanding that this is a big, traumatic event, um, and the trauma continues for some folks. Um, so, I mean, the first two important things to pack for a trip to Maui right now are patience and grace. There may be times where you need to wait a little longer than you're used to for food or other services. Have compassion for those you interact with. Um, you know, the trauma that some folks experience may greatly affect them at this time. Uh, other places may have, uh, they may be short-staffed for whatever reason. Folks are in temporary lodging other places of the island, perhaps staying with family or friends, or they're just not ready to get back to work yet. So the patience and the grace. Yeah, I think that's great insight and advice there. And just being a respectful traveler, and that should always be the go-to, but even more so now here after experiencing tragedy there and, you know, setting foot on the island is great and spending your tourism dollars is great too. But, you know, having that mindset of, I need to be respectful and, you know, the words and actions, like you said, I think is key on that. And I think that's going to be huge, too, for the holiday season, as we know that Hawaii is always a big destination in the holiday season. What are your expectations for this holiday season, West Maui and, and Maui in general, I guess? We are cautiously optimistic and we're looking forward to to welcoming folks back um, to the extent that hotels are ready to receive them. 
uh, mayor's phased reopening. A lot of it is based on the analysis and evaluation of the first phase and how that went. Um, from what I, everything I saw yesterday, it went really smoothly. And so we're happy to provide any kind of guidance or advice or, or data or information to mayor's team as they evaluate those options for future reopening phases. But again, in the meantime, the rest of the island of Maui is open and ready to welcome folks. Great. And outside of Maui, let's let's branch there too and just talk about the rest of Hawaii in general. I mean, certainly going to be busy times this holiday season and everything. Uh, what do travelers need to know about Hawaii travel this fall and winter? It's never a bad time to come is the top line of it. And when we think about this idea that travel to the island of Maui helps in Maui's recovery, that really expands to all the Hawaiian islands. The better we do collectively the more we can do to support our friends and family on Maui, right? The success of small businesses, the success of the visitor industry across the Hawaiian islands provides a multitude of benefits, economic and otherwise, that put all of us in a better position to help with the recovery efforts on Maui. And so, like I said, it's never a bad time to come on over for a visit. Yeah, it's a year-round destination for sure. I know I was in Maui in 2021 and had a great time, you know, seeing things post-COVID and that reaction. My wife has been a few times before without me, so I finally got to go there with her and experience that and bring my daughter at that time. And can't wait to bring my son back, you know, someday and experience his first time in Hawaii and, and our first time as a family of four. So there's certainly a lot of ways to experience the, the greatness of Hawaii, whether you're you know, uh, multi-generation travel, which I know I think is really big for you guys and has been a lot of 2023. Is there anything uh, trends-wise that you've seen a lot this year, um, just in Hawaii in general, you know, pre-fires and everything uh, um, that has really stood out to you, I guess? I mean, there's definitely a lot of folks who are looking for those richer, deeper experiences. Uh, volunteering alongside community members is one way to have a really enriching trip that gives back. Um, you know, GoHawaii.com, our official travel site for the Hawaiian Islands, has has some listings of things that you can check out on all the islands. Um, on the island of Maui in particular, you know, hosting uninvited volunteers in direct recovery work can be a challenge. But there's a website with opportunities to sign up to go volunteer if there are things you want to do to directly support um, the recovery efforts on Maui. It's MauiNuiStrong.info, and I'll make sure to send you the link so you can share it with your listeners. Yeah, People in Hawaii really prioritize spending that special time with family, especially during the holidays. And so I think, you know, for families traveling, including multi-generational families like you talked about, coming to the islands during that time of celebration, during that time of togetherness and joy, uh, it can be a really special experience. Definitely so. And you know that there's going to be a lot of multi-generational families this holiday season. And a lot of our travel advisor listeners out there have been doing a lot of those bookings. And I'm sure that they're going to continue to do some bookings as uh, so many people want to do last minute travel this time of year, uh, even though it's a, a little difficult and more challenging uh, in this time of year than it used to be in, in years past for sure. But um, as we wrap up here, what would be your advice to those travel advisor listeners out there who are selling Hawaii right now? Well, first, I want to thank them because, you know, for visitors booking vacations through travel advisors, you know, it indicates that they have a, a, a desire or an appetite for 
a higher level, more thoughtful, more curated experience. And so I really want to thank our travel advisors for making that possible for them, right? Helping them to find the best that Hawaii has to offer. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you jumping on and, and talking all things uh, Hawaii. Again, um, let's go Hawaii.com. Yeah, any other uh, uh, information you want to share out to our listeners on where they can get in touch with you or uh, any questions they may have? You know, how can they uh, reach out or, or uh, any resources that they should dive into? You know, GoHawaii.com is a great central place for visitor-facing information. Um, agents.GoHawaii.com for the travel advisors. And then for businesses in the visitor industry who are looking for uh, looking for some guidance, particularly with the Maui recovery efforts, uh, we have some of our talking points and some of our materials in a special toolkit at hawaiitourismauthority.org. And folks are welcome to go check that out and, and use what they will. That's a little more industry-focused than visitor-focused, but for your audience of professional travel advisors, uh, they may find something there. Excellent. Thanks so much again, Ilya, for your time, and I really appreciate it. So uh, safe travels as you're out on the road right now. So take care, man. Mahalo, Eric. Take care, and we hope to see you in the family soon. Definitely. Thanks again to Ilya for jumping on and taking time out of his busy travel schedule to talk things Hawaii and updates on West Maui. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, if you could leave a review wherever you listen, I would be forever grateful. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the email. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. <laughs>